really big life event happen for me and it just kind of changed everything. My dad ended up passing away and it just like going through his stuff and just the whole situation. It just really got me thinking about like my legacy and what I would leave for my children. Cause I'm a mama. I have an eight year old and I have um, in a couple in a week, <laughs> six year old twins thinking about that. Like, well, what happens one day when I'm gone, what are my children going to look back and what are going to be the things that stick out as memorable to me? Like, cause when I was planning my dad's funeral, it's like, in a weird way, it's like the highlights of someone's life or what were their accomplishments? What were their joys? What were their struggles? What did they love? What did they like live for? And I was, it just made me really think, well, what are my kids going to think about that for me? And so, I mean, I really love volunteering, always have. And it just really imprinted in my mind that I wanted to have a way to be able to make a difference. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. What's up? This is a Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. It is Friday, the 15th of January. Good to see you guys out there. If you uh, are listening and you're viewing right now, have a special guest for you this evening, Cassandra Wallace, who is the reigning, or actually she won the, the 2019 Miss World America uh, competition. And due to the COVID, uh, they just carried it over. So she's been the, uh, the, like doing all that stuff for two years. So she's been, uh, they didn't, weren't able to have that, uh, competition this year. So she just carried the crown, uh, for another year. And I believe next year, if we're all out of this, uh, it'll be back to business as usual. Uh, a couple of announcements. Again, if you're getting any value out of what I'm doing here, do me a favor. And if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button down in the corner. Uh, thumbs the video up. That way we can get some exposure out here. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, go ahead and share, like. Well, share and like. Uh, if you um, have any questions for Cassandra as we're going through this, this is a live uh, broadcast, so you will be able to participate within the uh, comments. Go ahead and leave a comment or a question, and uh, I'll make sure we get that answered. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, yeah, any of my links or any way that you want to support the show, uh, Cassandra's links will all be in the description down below, and I'll also be uh, flipping them up here onto the broadcast as well. Uh, so let's uh, get to Cassandra. Hey, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for hanging out with me this evening and making time to come and uh, talk to me and share a little bit about you and your story and uh, where you came from, uh, where you're at, and uh, some of the causes that you are are behind and trying to promote uh, during your, uh, do they call it a rain? Is that is that what it is? Yeah, I know. It sounds super weird. But yes, it is called a rain. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's such an honor to be here. Well, awesome. Like I said, thank you. And um, yeah, so why don't you start off by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you came from, how you got to to be involved in the uh in the pageants and because you don't have, you don't have the typical story. No, I don't. I'm, I'm definitely not your usual beauty queen. That's for sure. I didn't grow up watching pageants and dreaming that one day, Oh, I want to be a beauty queen. When I grow up, I like, that was just not anything that had ever crossed my mind as a possibility to be completely honest. It kind of um, had a really big life event happen for me and it just kind of changed everything let me down this journey. So my, my dad ended up passing away and it just like going through his stuff and just the whole situation. It just really got me thinking about like my legacy and what I would leave for my children. Cause I'm a mama. I have an eight year old and I have, um, in a couple, in a week, <laughs> six year old twins. So wow. just, um, thinking about that, like, well, what happens one day when I'm gone, what are my children going to look back and what are going to be the things that stick out as memorable to me? Like, cause when I was planning my dad's funeral, it's like, in, in a weird way, it's like the highlights of someone's life or what were their accomplishments? What were their joys? What were their struggles? What did they love? What did they like live for? And I was, it just made me really think, well, what are my kids going to think about that for me? And so, I mean, I really love volunteering. I always have. And it just really imprinted in my mind that I wanted to have a way to be able to make a difference on a larger scale. Like I do a lot of local community work and stuff, but I really wanted to find a way to do something bigger. And I wasn't quite exactly sure what that would look like. And so just in the like realm of trying new things for just trying new things sake, I got invited to go participate in a bikini contest at a local casino. So I was like, sure, why not? I've never done this before. And Part of the competition is they asked you to write a little bio about yourself, like what you like to do. And so I talked about how when I was younger, I had been all over Africa doing volunteer trips every summer. And it was something that was like really meaningful for me to be able to volunteer and get back. So at the end of the bikini contest, I ended up winning and I went to go thank the judges. And one of the judges was like, oh, my goodness, you should totally be in pageants. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm actually old. I'm not like 18, you know, and, and I have children. Like I, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, yeah, be 18 to like 20. And I'm like, that ship has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, uh, and she's like, no, you actually, there's pageants for people that are older. And they kind of swap out the talent portion for your community involvement in different charity events. And it's a really good way to help and give back. And I was like, oh, Okay. So I signed up for my first pageant. I'd never even seen a pageant when I signed up. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. And that's how I got into pageants. So I definitely was like, I haven't even seen any of the pageant movies, honestly. So I definitely was not your typical beauty queen rolling into it because most of the girls competing had competed since they were like four and their parents had like pushed for it and their sisters did it and all this other stuff. And, and everyone's like, so who do you know that's done pageants? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, 
My you intro you? Right? I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, how many pageants have you seen? And I was like, maybe I should see one before I'm in one. So there's this little tiny local fundraiser, like, um, all, it's a college prep thing for like, I don't, I think if they're like junior high kids and they do like a really like short pageant. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go watch that. So that's the only pageant I had seen when I initially competed, which was nothing like the one I was in, by the way. But, yeah. um, so that's that's kind of how I got into that. Yeah, and you had some other uh, wins too, as well. Like, didn't you win the uh, the Miss Washington or Colorado? Uh, one of the one of one of the state competitions, right? Yeah. So I started off as uh, Mrs. Paulsbo, which is the city I'm in, mm-hmm. and then I got the Mrs. Washington, which is a state I was in, and then I won Miss World America, mm-hmm. and then I went on to uh, the Miss World International pageant, where I got first runner up. Okay. That's awesome. And so, um, I was reading, you know, you sent me your bio and it's pretty impressive, uh, what you do. Cause you're not just a pretty face. You actually, you're, you're pretty smart and you do, uh, you're a tax person and not just a regular tax person. Uh, explain a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm actually an enrolled agent, which also sort of ties into my story too. Like I've been doing taxes for forever. Like I'm going into year 14 and <laughs> do so and I'm 34. So I've been in the industry for a very long time. That's what I went to college for, but I never took my enrolled agent designation, which is like, it's very similar to a CPA, which most people have heard about. CPA is a state designation, enrolled agents, federal, it's more precise than the IRS tax code, but I never took it because I failing because really hard test and sort of my dad dying and then one of my mentors just was like of imprinted something on me that was very meaningful like you know if you don't try something because you're scared to fail you've already failed at least if you try you have the opportunity of succeeding and then you can learn what worked what didn't and move on but if you never try you will always fail 100% of the time And that was something that just like really resonated with me. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to live my whole career where I never go get the designation. I know all this stuff. I can totally go do it. And it was like a really long test, like three parts. And it's supposed to be like, you know, several hours long. And I went in each time and I was done like in less than half the time. (laughs) And the instructor's like, are are you not finishing it? I'm like, no, I'm done. And I I passed all three parts. They have like a 22% pass rate. So It was something that like I should have done a very long time ago. I definitely knew the information, but it was just that whole like I was scared to fail. And so for me, kind of my journey has been and I'm grateful for my my dad even being gone to kind of just to teach me that lesson of like you you can't just not do something because you're scared because it's just you'll miss out and you're costing yourself and no one else. And so for me, that was just like a really eye opening experience and yeah, I have my own tax practice now, which was also something scary <laughs> to branch out into. But um, I, I just, I love helping people save money and I enjoy strategizing and it's, it's just what I do. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I come from a family of, of tax people. My mom was a uh, worked for KPMG for years, retired from there. Um, and then also my ex was a... Uh, Right under the controller, like almost a, I can't, I can't, I don't know what the name of it is, but yeah, I'm pretty familiar with that, that industry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you have some, uh, uh, stuff that you're working on, especially down in uh, Haiti, right? 
one of the causes that you are are working with. And what what is the name of that? So it's the Youth National Football League in Haiti. Okay. So it's uh, it's super cool. It's actually something that like for me, I still wanted to, even with like COVID going on, I'm like I got to find a way to volunteer. It's definitely more challenging when yeah. you live in a state like I do, where everything's essentially been shut down since March. Like this week, schools open for the first time since March. Like that's how shut down everything's been here. And so I was like, there's got to be a way through social media. There's got to be something I can do. And it was through the media pageant, actually a mutual connection where I learned about the league and I said, it's this really cool program in Haiti. Give the opportunity for kids to be able to play um, football or if you're here in the U.S. <laughs> soccer, yeah. no cost to them, which is really cool. So it's similar to like if you were to take like for me, if I were to go register my kiddos to go play like rec soccer. But the difference is, is it's free. So a lot of these kids are from very, very places where although it only costs $25 to sponsor a kid for the whole season, they, their parents can't afford it. So it'd be cool that they have that opportunity that they're not left behind because their parents can't afford it. They get to be able to play. They get um, with the 25 bucks, they get a home and away Jersey and they get to be part of this league. And sort of the unique thing about the league is they track everything. So they have this cool little app and they track all the players and the games. And so they're able to see like, who is really skilled at soccer and who's not. I mean, that's fine. If you're not, that's awesome. You get, there's so many benefits of sports truly, but for the people that um, the boys and girls that are very good at it, it's a way for them to be able to get scholarships, to go to other countries, to get an education and to pursue sports professionally. So it truly can be life-changing for a lot of these kids. And um, this is the first year there was the league. And this is the first year there were ever girls sponsored to play. So that was kind of my, that project for um, the COVID time was I had the opportunity of working with a lot of other beauty queens and a lot of other wonderful people to be able to find sponsors so that there was enough girls sponsored to play. And then on top of that, I had the really cool privilege of being able to go to Haiti in September and watch the opening games. And it was just so surreal to be able to see these girls playing. But I'm like, oh, I know who sponsored you. Like, this is so amazing. And then um, a few weeks ago, I actually got back. I got to watch the closing games of the league. So it's, it was just really cool to see like the kids whose lives are impacted because sometimes you just say, Oh yeah, some kids being helped somewhere, but to actually like see that kid in person, like playing and to see their passion and to know that like this kid would never have had the opportunity to play if somebody hadn't sponsored them to play is just, it's so incredible. So that's been something that I've been, I'm an ambassador for them. So I've been able to um, help volunteer with that. And it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's really cool. That that's definitely cool. Um, so somebody ha- that hasn't been to like a place like Haiti, um, you know, explain what it was like. What was your experience like? Um, I'll, I'm going to play a video uh, from when you were there. Uh, it's a little kind of a, a, a longer one, but uh, explain it a little bit first as to like like what the life was like down there. Um, you know, we come from a first world country, you know, I guess you would call it that, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it's like there, but take me through it. What your experience was, uh, how are the people, um, and all of that? Sure. Yeah, no, I wasn't sure what to expect at all with Haiti. Most of my traveling has been to Africa. So it was definitely a completely new experience for me. I had no idea what to expect going there. And but of course it's very warm. It's tropical down there. I was taken back by how friendly everybody was. I think of everywhere I've 
ever been, just the friendliest people. And it didn't matter like if you were at the airport or if you were out with the kids playing soccer, it didn't matter like who I interacted with. Everybody was very, very friendly. And um, I mean, there is, there's beautiful parts of Haiti. It's a gorgeous country. There's also a lot of poverty there for sure. So it's a, it's sort of what you would expect in an area where there is a lot of poverty and like the things that come with that, like there is a lot of garbage around and, you know, you do see kiddos that definitely look like they haven't eaten in a while. And I mean, some of the kids playing, they're like, yeah, they haven't eaten today. And as a mom, it just like breaks my heart to be like, oh my goodness, there's a kid playing a sport. I mean, they're super excited and they're grateful to be there, but they haven't eaten today. And I'm like, I just want to like stop and feed everyone. <laughs> like the mom and me is like, no, let me, you know? And so that was definitely like a little hard for me, but it was really cool to see that despite despite the circumstances, like how passionate the kids were, like, and even though some of them, like some of them are really good players, some of them had like clearly never played before, but regardless, they just like had so much passion and energy and excitement. And you could tell that it was like so wonderful and meaningful for them to be there and to have that opportunity. So that, that was huge for me, but um, yeah, Haiti is amazing. I would, I mean, I would definitely say wonderful things about it, but there definitely is poverty and a, a lot of need for, for things that go along with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, so it sounds just like, I mean, it's no different than, than kids that would be playing here that you would see enrolled in your local soccer, uh, soccer programs, you know, after school programs, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's really important to understand is that, you know, look, just because people are over there, they're over there. I mean, we're all basically the same. We yes. all want the same things. You know, we all want, you know, our, our kids. I have a, I have a three and a half year old daughter. I mean, I want her to be healthy. I want her to be safe. I want her to have the things and the opportunities that I didn't have. And I think that goes across the board anywhere. It just translates no matter where you are in the world. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think that every parent wants their child to have a better life than them and wants the best for them. And, And that's something that like was really impactful for me too, is being a mom. Like I love taking my boys to go play soccer. They all play rec soccer. They love it. They enjoy it. They look forward to it. And so I was thinking when I was helping find sponsors for these kids, I was like, how heartbreaking would it be to be a mom, have your kid, your kid wants to go play, but you don't have the money to, well, of course you would want to, but I mean, if you're having to choose between, well, are we going to pay for food or is our kid going to play soccer? Of course you have to prioritize but it was really incredible that this organization has gone in there and now those parents have to make those choices and being able to watch the closing games, like to hear some of the kids share their stories, like, cause they play in this, you know, with like soccer balls that are very, very falling apart. And, but when they get to play with the league, they get nicer balls and all this other stuff. And this one kid got on there and commented at the end that, you know, he'd been playing his team won <laughs> the finals and he had commented that, he had been playing his whole life, but he had never won a medal for it before. And they gave all the kids that won medals got to help put them on some of them. And it was just like, you could see the like intense passion and feeling of pride that he felt like, Hey, I, I got to do something I absolutely loved. I rocked it. And now I have this medal that I'll have for the rest of my life. And I get to go home and I get to show my parents. That's one thing that is, was very striking different to me versus being in the U S and watching soccer games versus being in Haiti is in the U S when I go and watch with my kiddos, all of their parents are there. Everybody's grandparents are there. It's like you have more people watching than you have playing for sure. 
Well, it's not the same way in Haiti because a lot of the times the kids are bused in there and they come from very far and it takes a long time to get there and their parents have to work or their parents can't get there. So there's almost no parents watching. So it's pretty much the kids playing and then the next kids behind them that are watching. So that made it a a little bit different, but it also made it more meaningful that the kids that won got to go home with their medals being like to show their parents like, hey, look what we accomplished and to share that. But yeah, that was one thing I noticed that was very different. I was like, where are all the parents? The function of if, you know, you have to work to take care of your kids, you can't always take off to go do that. You don't have that luxury. So it's just something that's just different between a first world country and not is just, you don't have the luxury of time always. Yeah. That, 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 that was going to be one of the questions that I asked you was, you know, did you get a chance to talk to any of the parents, but obviously you didn't. Um, no. uh, but so let me, let me, let me ask you this. Having been there and seen what life is like there, and I mean, you obviously you've been to other places uh, in the past. What do we take for granted that you noticed by being in a place like that? Like what stands out that Americans take for granted? You know, I think the biggest thing is food. I think Americans take food for granted. For example, my children have never, and I'm super, super grateful for this, but My children have never known the concept of there's no food. Maybe it's not the food they choose to eat. Maybe it's not their favorite food. But every day they wake up, there's something for them to eat in my house. They don't have to be like, oh, man, we're not eating today and going to school. You know, like we're not eating today and going to go play sports or go play with our friends. We just got to like put on a smile and suck it up on an empty belly. They've never had that. I mean, I do understand there are a lot of people in the U.S. that do experience that but not on the same level. And so I think the biggest difference is it wasn't unusual for the kiddos playing to not have eaten. And so, uh, you know, on both the teams and all around, and that's something that like was really hard for me as a mom. Cause I, I mean, I, I want to feed them, you know, like I just like, ah, so I think that that was one of the, the biggest differences is, you know, like maybe they're a little bit tougher cause they've had a little bit more adversary and they've had to, to deal with stuff. That's just not, not as common because here you can go to school and there's, you know, there's school lunches or there's food banks or there's places and there's ways that if you don't have food, you can get food. And it's not quite like that there. So that was something that was definitely a big difference. Yeah. One of the things that I I had watched in, in some of the documentaries that I've seen about, you know, areas like that is water there's no running water a lot of the times in some of these villages and some of the women have to, to walk miles to get water. And that's like a daily thing. Like going, how, you know, walking to and from to get water is a daily chore, a daily task. It happens every day. And like, all we have to do is just lift a spigot and and there you go. Right. Right. Yeah. That was a total trip. They, a lot of the water is all trucked in there as well. I'm not sure how in some of the places where they get their water, if they have to walk to it or not, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And when I was in Africa, I spent many days walking (laughs) and getting water. It was like a four hour process. We go get water and then we come back. It's like your job, but it's just getting water. And so when when you were in Africa, you were there when you were younger, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started going when I was 13 and then I went every summer after that, um, through college. 
So experiencing that, did that kind of help to like give you a better, uh, I guess, appreciation for what you had when you came back to the States, having to walk for four hours back and forth to get water? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely did. Like it definitely would put stuff into perspective. You go to a village and the entire village shares a single toy that somebody made out of something, you know, and then you come home and you're like, oh, wow, I have a room full of toys, you, you know, or like, uh, yeah, just like the food thing or the water thing. Yeah. Like I, I spent a summer in Uganda where there were a tribe where the crops had all failed, but they were so remote. They were 10 hours walking distance over a mountain from the nearest road. And so beans and rice had been donated, but none of them knew that because they were in the middle of nowhere. So I went with a group of people where we hiked up and down the mountain, going to the different remote villages, bringing beans and rice with us saying, there's more back at the bottom, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just the like, it, it took two and a half months to pack all these beans and rice in and everybody was doing it all day long. But it was like, that became what it, villages did for two and a half months was just going up and down the mountain, getting food. And so it definitely, I definitely have an appreciation for being able to open my fridge and have something in there or being able to be like, no, I want something else and just drive down to the grocery store, you know, and be able to get it. It's, it definitely does put things in perspective. And I think probably shaped me a lot as a child for the things that I prioritized and the things that I wanted to do and didn't want to do just because I felt like I had a, a different view than if I had never seen a world like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So we're going to go ahead and uh, show this video here real quick. Let me go ahead and share screen right here. And if you guys are watching, bear with me. This is, is going to be a uh, Instagram and IGTV video from uh, the uh, league that Cassandra is talking about. And I'm going to play this one where it has you in it. super excited to be here. It's a very beautiful country and I'm really excited for the opportunity to see the league in action. Now, this isn't another language, but this is basically just to give an idea of what it looks like down there and what she experienced. Really 
monsieur Lebois, mais parler de tout le travail que vous devez faire et tout pour exciter, tout pour content, tout pour vous participer avec Pedro, parce que vous avez toujours de ces plus belles bagages que vous avez eu une chance pour vivre dans la vie à travers le sport. Et ma campagne, tout à 100%, et tout pour que vous connaissez, vous voulez aider le sport là, parce que tout le monde aime le sport là, vous voulez le sport là, vous êtes d'accord avec, parce que c'est donner une opportunité à un enfant pour réussir dans la vie. So that's an idea of what what you were doing while you were down there. Let's uh, go ahead and if you want to check out uh, this, they is tap in Haiti on Instagram, and they also have a a uh, basically mobile solutions where they do all their stuff. Now, can you um, can you basically uh do any donating if you want to donate to the cause through this website or is there something uh specific yeah you can so basically what's happened is is it's uh an app that allows you to see and to track the players and the coaches and the teams and the progress but yeah you absolutely can so you can um go on to like their social good and then you can click on um They have the different countries that they're involved in. It's not just Haiti. That just happens to be the one that um, I've been helping with. But so you, it's an app, too, that you can download, um, however you get your apps. And then you can um, click on the different countries when you have the app. Okay. And then it allows you to sponsor players. That's 25 bucks to sponsor a player. Or if you want to sponsor a whole team, It's 450 bucks for the whole team. There's 18 players on each team. And you guys see they're like um, the photos, their their jersey numbers. And it's super fun because when you sponsor either a player or a team, they send you these absolutely adorable videos where they thank you personally. So you get to like actually have some interaction, which is kind of fun. And then you can follow during the season and see how your player, or your team is progressing, which was something I really enjoyed doing. Happen to be a little competitive, so, so always <laughs> like, how's my team doing? You know, how's my girl? And so, um, yeah, there's definitely um, ways that you can be involved with that. And um, I know they're always looking for sponsors because each time, you know, they they have games, more and more kids sign up. So there were there were a lot of people signed up, and then um, after the game started happening in Haiti, it just exploded because more and more kids heard about it, and more and more people knew, and so. It's just, it's a really cool opportunity. And so there are so many kids on there that need to be sponsored that won't be able to play unless someone sponsors them. So definitely if, if it speaks to anyone, it's a really cool way to give back and make a huge difference in someone's life. Yeah. And 25 bucks, that's not a whole lot. I mean, that's basically one, one, one drive-through session at a, at a, at a fast food restaurant. Right. I know. Cause like in comparison, I was like, what? They could play for 25 bucks. My kiddos play here. And it's like, I think it was 170 for each of them to play for their season. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely very, very reasonable and it's hugely impactful in the kids' lives. Yeah. I like the fact that, I mean, it, it's almost like for the ones that are really good and take it seriously, it's a, uh, almost a way out. Yeah, absolutely. Because like the thing is, is if you have a super talented person and they never get the opportunity to play in front of anybody, you know, that and find them to nurture their talents. Because even if you are natural at something, having somebody be able to teach you the fundamentals and having someone who can guide you and point you in the way to go and line you up with, hey, this is how you can actually make a living doing this or mm -hmm. hey, this is 
I can get an education doing this without all of those networking opportunities, it, it doesn't go anywhere. And you're still left playing on the streets without the ability to have a better life. So for me, it's, it's so huge that you are able to find people that have these skills and these talents. And the other really cool thing is that also create the league also creates a lot of jobs in the area. So all the referees, all the coaches, they're all local people who, I don't know if they had jobs before or not, but they're, they're well-paid jobs and they're, you know, they're taught a skill and there's kids that run their media there that are phenomenally talented that had they not been given this opportunity, like it's crazy to see how good these kids are. And in the video clip that you were playing, like the people that were filming that and the people that were interviewing me, those are all jobs that were created down there as a result of the league. And so there's people that had these talents and these wonderful gifts that didn't have an avenue to nurture them and to make a living off of them. So it's really cool. The ripple effect of it all, I guess, is something that's like really stands out to me as well. Yeah, that's really cool. So what, what is your favorite part since being, we're going to transfer, change up, change speeds here a little bit. What was your favorite part um, since you won of your reign so far? I mean, I know that was pretty cool, but was there, was there anything other than that, that kind of stands out to you about what you've been able to do so far since you won? You know, I really like little kids. (laughs) So for me, there's been a lot of really fun things that I've got to go do with little kids. Mm -hmm. So I got to, um, one of my really good friends has a candy store. And so she had this fun idea that I should come dressed up with my sash and crown and a ball gown and we should have little kids just come and I would give them little tiaras and put them on, um, on their head. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And there were so many little girls that like came up and were like, I want to be a princess. And I was like, you totally are a princess that I love put the little <laughs> crown on them. And it was just really sweet to like interact with them. And, um, I, I just really loved that actually. And I got to go to Seattle children's hospital there and go read and they have like a room where either like the kids are well enough to interact or like the siblings of the kids. And, um, at the time, one of the little girls I was there playing with and reading with her older sister was having open heart surgery. And at the same time, my niece was actually, who was the same age, who was like four was also having open heart surgery. And so for, I was just like, I mean, I wanted to like, as the mom be like hug her. I mean, I didn't touch her, but I was like really meaningful to be able to play with her because my niece actually lived really far away. And so I wasn't able to, to be there with her. And so it just, it feels good to be able to like get the opportunity to give back in, in that. So I really liked reading and playing with the kids at the hospital. And then it's hard for me to pick my favorite. <laughs> and then I really liked, you know, like bell ringing with the Salvation Army. Like that was super fun too. I think like pretty much everything I've done, I'm just like, super enjoyed because I feel like there are opportunities that I wouldn't otherwise have had. Like this sounds super weird, but it's all I have found. It's actually really hard to get people to let you volunteer. Like a lot of the charities that I have gone and volunteered with has required me calling like again and again and sending emails again and again, being like, please, can I come help you? You know? And so like, and I'm like, I'm a beauty queen. I really want to come help. I want to volunteer. And then I know it's just because they're so busy and they have so much going on. And then being able to like show up at the event and they're like, oh, you actually came and you're here. And I'm like, yes, I've been dying to come here trying to get your guys' attention. I've been sending you my social media and sending you my photos. Being like, please let me come help. I love your <laughs> love to support you, please. And so 
I mean, for me, that, that has been really cool. I got to um, help a lot with the Boys and Girls Club, which was super meaningful because my oldest son goes there as well. And so just to be able to like go full circle with that. So I don't know. I guess I don't have a favorite. I love them all. <laughs> it's all just been like to, to a, a dream come true to be able to like help people. Yeah, that that is a tough question. I, you know, I've, I've gotten someone a similar question to that too. When people ask me what's the favorite episode that I've I've recorded with somebody, and I'm like, you know, they all have a special place in my heart. You know, right? there, there's no, there, I can't pick just one. You know, each one of them has has you know helped helped me or helped somebody else or or given me a, a piece of information that I I didn't have before. So you know, yeah. Now let's, let's, I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll start to wrap this up. Um, since, uh, since the, the, the pandemic hit and the lockdowns and everything else, everybody's kind of, well, maybe not everybody, but I mean, if you're doing it right, you've sort of figured out, you know, something that, uh, you may not have noticed or known before, or maybe you picked up a new passion, uh, or maybe an old one, um, has, did you experience anything like that for yourself, uh, you know, during the lockdowns, like maybe notice something that wasn't important to you before, but is now important? Um, you know, I've just soaking up all the time with my boys. Like, I really enjoy that. Like, I used to have to commute really far and to meet with clients and all that. I don't have to now. And so kind of kind of my little time with my boys is I have my hot tub turned down very low. And at the end of the day, I like to go sit out there with my three boys and we just, they drink their juice boxes. I have a drink and we just like hang out and say, what's the, what was the best part of your day? You know, and about 90% of the time, my boys will be like, right now is the best part of my day, getting to spend time with you. And so for me, it's just a little bit about like taking a little bit of a slower pace and just enjoying those moments because sometimes it's easy when, there's a million things going to just be rushed and to not, not notice what's right there in front of you. So I just, I really enjoyed that. Just having more time with my boys and getting to like bond with them and their goofiness. And that's, that's what I've been doing more. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly how you feel there as well. And that's kind of where I was. I have a, like I said, I have a two and a half or three and a half year old daughter and <laughs> I was willing at at one point to sacrifice, you know, time with her for my career. And then once that happened and I started spending more time with her, I'm like, no way, no way. I don't, it, it's not worth it. I'm having right? so much fun watching this little person's personality develop right in front of me. And I, and, and, and I get to help, I get to help shape that, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's like really cool. I, I mean, it's, uh, I, like I said, I, I care, I could care less if I make less money now than I did before, you know, as long as I get to spend more time with my daughter, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, it definitely helps you like fix your priorities and get what's important in life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Money, money, money comes and goes, but you know, those, those moments and, and the opportunities to, um, shape your child's uh, personality and, and who they are going to become their, their ideals, their, you know, uh, there's a great, I always say this, but there's a great, uh, meme out there and it says, give your kids, instead of giving your kids the life you wish you had, teach them the things that you wish you knew. Right. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. And, and I've been doing that ever since. And it's like, you know, that's so, that's so right on, you know, and that's, 
I think we all should be doing that. But I'm only yeah, responsible but, for me, and I can only do what what you know what I mean. I can handle and 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 control. So, um, let's see. What's uh What's the future hold for you? Well, I am actually getting to go to the inaugural ball next week, so I'm excited about that. Wow. Um, other than that, I'm going to New York Fashion Week, and uh, I give up my crown in August. A little bittersweet, yeah. but I also. Um, I've been asked to compete in another pageant, so I think I'll do that. And hopefully lots more volunteer work. I know I will continue to do stuff with the league in Haiti. That's something that's been very impactful to me. And probably, honestly, most of the charities that I've volunteered with, I'll continue to do stuff with because um, I just, I love it so much. So going forward, probably just a lot more of the same. And when everything's a little bit more open and (laughs) travel's a little easier, I mean, there's a lot of really cool opportunities and things that I could do if um, things were open, like the pageant I was in was international. So it was really cool to meet beautiful, wonderful, intelligent, passionate women from all over the world. And a lot of them had really cool events and charities that I absolutely wanted to go to like South Africa and to the UK and go support them. And just with the travel restrictions, I wasn't able to. So once everything's open, I would love to go support those women and their causes because they have causes I never would have even dreamed of. I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know anything about, but it's really cool that they're passionate about it and they love it. And I'm a firm believer in women supporting other women. So I, I definitely would like to do more of that in the future for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, you also have a, uh, fragrance line now, right? I do. Yeah, that was just, there's been a lot of like really fun things that have happened as a result of being in the pageant. And one of them is I got to connect with this wonderful man in Pascal in France. And he, he had seen one of my, some of my interviews that I did and was like, Hey, I want to do a perfume that sort of like, if I were to take your personality and put it in a bottle, (laughs) like as weird as that sounds, he's like the characteristics that I like about you. I find endearing. I want to match those with fragrances and make a perfume. What do you think? And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so I started with him and was able to do that. So yeah, I have uh, my own perfume. It's called Miss World America by PG Spirits. That's the name of his company in France. So it's based there. And um, I mean, you can buy it online and stuff, but it's been, it's been really fun. That's one of those like surreal, like fairy tale moments where you're like, I can't possibly get something this cool in life. And so it just, I don't know. It's just been a wonderful blessing that I'm very grateful for. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we're at about 41 minutes now. So why don't you go ahead and uh, let everybody know um, where they can find you. I've got your Instagram here and your Facebook. Um, so, you know, I'll put those up as well. And all of those are available in the description and uh, a, a, a lengthy uh, bio um is there as well what's up buddy (laughs) (laughs) my child's poking in the background okay Uh, no you cannot um so yeah you can find me on instagram it's just cassandra.wallace and then on facebook it's just cassandra bannon wallace and those are the best ways to reach me for sure (laughs) i can interrupting um sorry that's all so yeah that's that's the best way. I try and check messages on there and I'm 
I love it when people reach out to me with like volunteer opportunities. I definitely, especially if there's something I can do virtually or help out. I'm a huge fan of that. And I have met a lot of people and got to participate in a lot of things that way. So for sure, if you've got some cause that you feel I can help assist you with promo or doing anything, please reach out to me and I would love to help you. Awesome. That's great. Well then, um, what we're going to do now is we're going to, I'm going to pull us out of here. We're going to do the, uh, the wrap up and, uh, I'm going to talk to you right after, right after this. Um, this is actually going to be episode 93. I know it said at some point it was number 92, but that didn't, that didn't work out. Um, and also too, if you were listening to yesterday's, uh, live stream, uh, and my audio is a little bit different. It's because it is. I forgot to push the record button on my button on my local audio, so I had to settle for the Streamyard audio. Uh, so this time I made sure I didn't do that. So, all right. Well, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything that you're doing out there, your causes, and trying to make the world a better place. I think we all need to be doing that at this point. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It was such an honor to be here and I appreciate you letting me take the time to share about myself and the things that I'm passionate about. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Cassandra, and uh, we'll see you soon. And hopefully everything out that you're doing out there is going to be making a huge difference all over the place. So I'm going to pull you out and then we'll, uh, we'll, I'll be with you in just a moment. Okay. All right. Well, that was great. Um, we're definitely blessed to have her show up and, and, uh, share her story and, you know, what she's doing out there. Uh, and you'll see me the next time I believe, uh, it will be probably in the beginning of February. I have another one scheduled unless I, I, I do another one before that. Otherwise just Keep uh, following me on all of my social media. If you anywhere that I want to be or anywhere that you can connect to to me in the show will be in the show notes in my link tree. That's the best place to find everything about what I'm doing. Other than that, I will catch you guys later. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue-collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot for merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links. Go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.